Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special holiday episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Guys, how are we doing? This is a very special holiday episode uh, coming out in the week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, a lot of things going on, a lot of people in different places, uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Uh, won't be a super long episode because I don't have a huge window of time today, but we're going to get everything in that we need to say because that's what we do here on Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. We give you the highest quality time-wasting content this side of the ocean. Um... Man, I don't know what, I don't want to, like, the thing is, I don't want to jinx it, but I don't know what is going on with my Instagram. What happened? I have this one video. So, there's so many German words and phrases, but occasionally when I get, like, a new swath of followers, I will um, not recycle, but I will basically remake um, an older video that had some success. You know, I'll pick a word that, let's say, two years ago or a year and a half ago uh, did pretty well by my uh, own standards. And th Sorry, I'm just getting comfortable here. Uh, I'm in a uh, guest bed today. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I won't recycle something. Like, I won't use the same video again. But I will take a word that I did uh, that did well. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, in this case, the German word doch, like D-O-C-H, which is an interesting word. It's a funny word. Ever since I've lived in Germany, I've made it pretty clear to people, uh, new friends and old, that, you know, doch is like one of my favorite German words. It's very harsh and intense and short, but it means a lot of things. You know, it kind of negates um, a thought. Like, for example, you know, you might ask someone here, uh, there's no more beers left, right? Like, everybody drank all the beers, right? Like, you just, this assumption that there is no, there are no more beers left in the fridge. And doch is kind of saying, like, the opposite of what you're saying is the truth. Like, doch, there's, you know, four beers. Or, like, you can just say doch. Like, there's no, like, there's no more beers, right? Uh, doch. Ah, there are beers left in the fridge. You know, it's just this thing of saying, like, no, 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 there are, there, there are beers. No, 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 what you're, you're, you know. And you can use it for so many uh, different and much better, frankly, examples than that. But that's the that's a, the shorthand of the word. And um, I did that word a couple years ago, and it did well. So now that I had like a new uh, range, like a new, you know, I keep I love the word swath. <laughs> but like now that I have sort of a new group of people following me that you know I don't expect or think that anybody really goes that far back. Uh, into the roster of older videos because I, whenever I look at content creators, I always think of what they do or how I, I always think of how I view their content and it really is just like whatever's new. So I don't, even with bands, I, maybe maybe with bands on Spotify, but that's very different from um, you know short social media content. I tend to just watch whatever the thing is that's in the algorithm. Either it's, you know, right there on the homepage because 
it's the new thing from somebody whose videos I tend to like, which is part of the reason, or it's uh, in the explore page, which means it's you know already getting some traction, so the algorithm is feeding it to people like you who's maybe either your friends follow this person, so I might watch that video. And basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't expect anybody to go back really deep in the archives and watch, you know, the first whatever, 50, 60, 70 of these videos. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried at all about bringing them back. And it, my biggest point about that is if I bring it back uh, a second time or even maybe a third time in a few years, um, I want to always do a new video with new examples and a new approach. And I think as the as time has gone on, since now I've done about 130, no, I've done 100, over 140 of these videos now, uh, not even including the videos I do in between them, which now it must be, I don't know, hundreds. Um, I think I've gotten better. The videos have gotten faster and more energetic and funnier, and I've become more comfortable with some of the words. So I think the video content is better, hence the audience has grown a bit. And um, the reason I'm saying all of this is that basically something crazy has happened recently. I brought Doch back. I did a video. It was number 140. And um, it just, I don't know what to tell you. It just blew the hell up. Um, it's pretty crazy. So I mentioned on the show before that I did a video on Feierabend. Uh, which is a really standard word here. It's a nice word. It's interesting enough. It's, you know, funny. Uh, but I didn't think too much about it. I didn't care too much about it. But I did a video on it, and it, it was for a while my most successful video basically ever um, on Instagram. I have to be clear. I'm only talking about Instagram here because TikTok, the success I've had there uh, and the uh, numbers on everything is totally different. Like on TikTok, I have, um, you know, a handful of videos that all have millions of views. I've got, you know, over 70,000 followers there. And this is not like, and I'm really, I swear to God, I am not, when I mention these these stats, it's only to, to express my surprise and gratitude for what's happening currently on Instagram because I find that getting these kinds of numbers on Instagram is much, much harder. The odds on Instagram are against you. It's just the truth. So um, getting to this place that I'm getting to now that I'm talking about right now is really incredible and, and really a big surprise for me because it's, I've been putting the, the, this content on Instagram uh, as long as I've been putting it on TikTok. So, you know, I thought my number crawling was over with. I've been sitting at like 12.8 or whatever thousand followers on Instagram for the longest time, you know maybe a year, I just sat at this number, I just wasn't growing, so I thought, okay, I had a nice little wave at the beginning of this, uh, when I started posting the videos, and the numbers were nice, and then it stopped, and again, these numbers could stop today, it could just all be over today, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's cool, it's cool while it lasts, um, maybe by the time you hear this, it's already over with, you know, that's the thing, it's so fragile, this growth, it's so fragile, so, um, the numbers on, on TikTok are totally different. Different videos are crazy popular. Other videos are not. Um, and some videos do better on different platforms. So that's why I post to every platform. I, I start everything on TikTok. I have a certain time of the day that I post there. Then I have a schedule uh, for YouTube shorts, which some of those do well too by my standards. I've grown a little bit on YouTube, which is nice. 
And if that growth continues, then I can make longer content, you know, and make sort of like, I can get back into video podcasting or I can do my, my sort of my dream, my passion is what I would love to do is do like game streaming. Um, but I don't know if I can ever really, you know, afford time or, or money wise to get, you have to get the right gear for that sort of thing. And I would only want to invest in that if I knew that there was already a group of people that would want to, to subscribe to that sort of content anyway. So, and then I also have a schedule for, uh, Facebook reels and, um, of course, Instagram. And some of them are at different part, times of the day. And I just use a video. And then, um, now I've gotten into this habit of, uh, this is going to sound super boring and technical, but when you release something on TikTok, uh, which is where I make the videos usually, uh, then when you when you download the posted video, you usually uh, or you always will have uh, the TikTok watermark. Um, for those who don't know what a watermark is, imagine when you're Googling images online for, I don't know, let's say you're looking at images of Brad Pitt. Sometimes an image of Brad Pitt on the red carpet will have this, uh, these words across the page, like Getty images, for example. You'll see like lines, lines of slanted words over his face, Getty images, Getty images, Getty images. And what that watermark means is that that image is under copyright of the Getty image uh, company, and you would have to pay money to get that watermark removed. Um, TikTok puts a watermark, your channel watermark on the video, not because it's like, I mean, it's kind of protecting you. It's saying like this video is copyright of, you know, this creator. So it's actually good. It's really nice that they do that. If I were to share someone's video straight out of TikTok, it would have their channel name, you know, bouncing around the frames of the video, uh, so that you're not stealing content or whatever. But if you put, if you want to take the watermark off your own video, you can do that, but it takes some work. There's a few different ways to do it. There's some uh, online, there's some websites that you can upload the video and it takes it off, but blah, blah, blah. It's tricky. It's annoying and it's tricky and it's stupid, but they should just be an option on the app to take it off. I don't know why they don't just give you the option, but anyway, um, so I, that's also, I started, you know, I have the schedule and then I also started removing the watermark through this process on an, an in-app um, video editor that I have on my phone. So I'm saying all of this <laughs> to get to the part where I recycled Doch, episode 140 of the series. I brought it back and it pretty quickly surpassed Feyabend. Um, Feyabend was number 118 and, you know, I guess a couple weeks later I had, um, or however recently later I had, uh, episode 140. So, you know, if I happened was somewhere around like 500,000 views, 600,000 views, I thought, oh my God, I've never had that growth on Instagram. And then between Feyabend and this video, the followers were through the roof. Like I went from 12K within like just a couple of days up to 16, then boom, then 20, then 25, then 30. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That kind of, you know, quick growth on Instagram, like doesn't just happen. And it's crazy to me because it's something I've been working towards. Like I, I, I obviously I'm an entertainer. I have this podcast. I make music. I have, I make videos. Of course I want to grow my audience. It's a good way to, you know, lean into new jobs when, when people, 
uh, see that you've already built an audience for yourself. Sometimes you can get sponsorships. You can do collaborations with different companies like I've done with this language company and stuff. So it leads to more work and it leads to, you know, more freedom uh, in your work. And also having an audience is great because then you, you know, you always get this sort of instant gratification from the stuff that you put out. And um, so seeing this happen so quickly was is kind of astounding to me and really, really, really like grat I mean, it is gratifying. I also don't want to get like an unhealthy relationship with watching this number grow. Um, but I, I'm so curious where it will go. And after, so then that was just happening from the fire album video. Then I dropped Doc and it just like pushed it to a new level. Um, probably by the time you're hearing this, I'm probably going to be, again, it could have stopped by the time I'm recording this, but by the time you hear this, it might have already, you know, stopped shy. But I think it's going to hit 50K, which for Instagram is wild. Um, because like I said, I think the odds are against you. They are not in your favor on Instagram. There's already enough people and and content creators and companies paying and working their way to really intense follower numbers on Instagram. And it's really hard to find a niche that you can grow in. Um, so it's all these things with finding the right interesting niche and what you do and how you do it and also a shit ton of luck. Also, I mean, that's the, that's the brunt of this is luck. Um, somehow I found the right stride through a video about Feierabend and Doch, which aren't even like, I've, you know what I mean? Like I've researched and done so much work on finding like the most interesting German phrases to talk about. And those do okay. <laughs> but then I do Doch and it has crossed, I didn't even say this part yet. Doch has crossed by the recording of this podcast over 1.4 million views. How wild is that? The episode 140 is now over 1.4 million views. And for me to get that kind of number on even one video on Instagram is crazy. It's nonsensical. So I'm just here like reeling in that, pun intended. I'm just reeling on that, um, you know, sense of like bewilderment. How could, how does this happen? Why does it happen? Uh, you can see on your own homepage. Um, if you look at my page, you won't see this, but you have a creator's dashboard, right? So if you're a, a, a page that's trying to build a following, you'll see this uh, dashboard on your home screen that basically shows you the analytics and the data of your uh, growth of your channel. Um, you know, how many women and how many men watch your channel? What are their ages? What time of day do they tend to watch your videos? And it can you can use this data to help you grow. And it has helped me a bit, actually. I, I affected when I release videos. Um, and turns out mostly women on all platforms, mostly women. So, what's up, ladies? Um, <laughs> uh, on TikTok, it's mostly 18 to 24, which is cool. And on Instagram, it's mostly 18 to 34, which is also cool. Uh, or some, you know, 18 to 24 and then 24 to 34. Yeah, something like that. So it's older on, a little older on Instagram, millennials. And of course, TikTok is a little younger. Makes sense. Um, I haven't looked into the stats on Facebook. YouTube, 
also mostly women, but it's all less numbers in general. So it's not so, I'm not so dependent on that data. But I brought that data up because you can see how many new accounts have been exposed to your page in the last 30 days. Now, it never really showed that information before because my channel wasn't really reaching new people for the longest time. But then so many people shared the Feyerabend and the Doc videos. And then, of course, other ones in between because, you know, they started watching all of them. Um, that it, I think the last time I recorded, maybe last week or a week before, I, I might have even said it on here. I know I made a video about it, but Instagram had shown my page to 1 million new accounts. So that explains, you know, out of a million people, you know, I got like 30,000 followers or something, which, yeah, if you do the math, the stats on that sound really small, but it's actually really great. It's really great. I mean, you're not going to be shown to a million people and then get like, you know, you're not going to get 50% of that. Imagine how much content they see in a day. You know, I don't, even I, like I have to think about it as also a user of these platforms. I don't follow everybody that whose videos I like. In fact, usually I have to see their videos several times. And the algorithm knows that. If I watch a whole thing, it'll show it. It'll show me something else they did. And if I like their stuff and I think, oh, they're kind of, you know, they're super funny. Or like, this band is really good. It's usually after a few weeks of seeing their stuff and then I follow them, you know? So it, I also have to consider for myself, if a million people see my video, that's great. Um, but I don't, I don't have this expectation of like, but why didn't they all follow me? <laughs> Um, you have to you have to earn it, and that's why again I'm so impressed by this because Instagram makes it so hard. But anyway, by this by the recording of this episode, Instagram has shown my account to over two million. So another million people have seen my page, and if it all stops here, wow! Still, what a ride! You know what I mean? Like crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the main um chunk of information about that. I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about Instagram. And also, I don't want to sound too self-indulgent or narcissistic or anything. I mean, the thing is, I can't really talk about this stuff anywhere else in my life. I mean, who am I going to, what friend or partner or relative am I going to pull aside and tug their ear and tell them all of this detail? Let me look at, <laughs> let me look at how long I've just dragged you guys through this for 18 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be able to do that in real life. But the podcast, however, is a platform where I may say whatever I like, and you can choose to skip ahead or not. <laughs> or if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can play it faster. You can do like one and a half speed or two times the speed. Um, so, you know, you can choose here if you want to hear that stuff. So I'm not I don't feel bad about it here, but uh, I do want to move on just because um, I think I've said everything about it and I don't want to drag things out too long, but just wow, you know, just cool. And it's also a little, uh, I'll, I'll be really honest with you guys because I love the artsy fartsy family. Um, part of like, I'll, this would be my last thing about it, but part of building like a social media audience, um, you, you, I always get reminded of this fantastic quote and I really wish I remember where it came from. 
But the quote goes something like this. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And I I love that quote. I love what it, I mean, it's very much like on the nose, you know, in terms of what it means. It, it it's, it's one of those things where it means exactly what it said. Um, and it's beautiful in that way. I do like when things have a certain... Um, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> when they have that certain je ne sais quoi. when they have that uh, when they're poignant and clear um, I like quotes like that and it makes a lot of sense so I mean um, I'm going to be honest with you guys uh, there's been uh, I, I put in a slipped in an edit here and it's the next day um, again I don't you know I just don't like to hide things from you guys um, the reason was just, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode that my time window wasn't so long. It turns out it was a lot shorter than I thought, so I had to stop. <laughs> but it's the next morning, and uh, I'm just going to get my, trying to get my train of thought back together on this. I know that I was wrapping things up about social media, and then, um, you know, coming in on this quote. Um, you know, and I, I, maybe I don't remember exactly what I was going to say, but I know that if I put that, if I said that quote, then... I was talking about how um, what's really dangerous or maybe what's my least favorite thing about this building an audience thing on social media is uh, comparing myself to other creators and other channels on the platforms, um, which is normal. And, um, you know, sadly, it's just kind of part of the game. There's so many people in the last uh, two weeks or so whose channels I've just um, refreshed over and over to see you know how and this sounds so gross because if you know me you probably don't picture me sitting there refreshing you know some other dude from munich's you know uh instagram page to see like okay okay well you know if i if if this growth of mine stays at this level for you know two more days then maybe i'll pass them and it's 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 unhealthy and it's weird you know um i have a couple of friends one of them is this um, dressmaker. Well, I shouldn't say dressmaker. It's like a fashion designer in Berlin and also uh, a musician friend in New Orleans. And they both had the same amount of followers. And just um, in the last 24 hours, I, I um, passed them. And what's uh, what i noticed um that we all three have in common is that we all don't have the verification blue badge next to our name which i think is so weird um i asked them about that they both said individually from each other that they um like applied one time and it didn't work out so they didn't apply anymore i don't know if i completely believe them because I think if you're growing an audience, one way to look very authentic and to look like you're on top of your stuff is to have this, unfortunately, it's to have this blue checkmark badge. Um, and this is growing into me just complaining. But I mean, like, on Facebook, I have it. Uh, and it's not like verifying you as in like, you're verified, you're a celebrity now. It's more like, okay, this account is actually you. Uh, you know, you send in a picture of your license and you um, list your category, if you're entertainment or science or politics, whatever, and uh, your sort of reference links. And I mean, I have trouble believing that they've applied 
only once since they've had their accounts because I've applied probably 50 times. And it just, I don't know. I used to think it was about follower count because when I first started out, um, you know, obviously I didn't have many followers at all. And I thought I had to get to a certain level of growth. And once I crossed like whatever, 10,000, I think on 10,000, you can start putting links, clickable links into your Instagram stories. And I thought, oh, well, you know, that's sort of like a level, uh, you know, crossing your first double digits. It's kind of like a level that you're you're getting to. That's that's great. And I thought, oh, now for sure I'll, I'll get it. And then I applied, you know, whatever, like 13 more times. And it just never... Now, it's still, it just never happened. And they don't have it either, which is a little comforting because I'm sure they did not just apply once. Um, but I just don't get it. Um, oh, yeah, what I was saying was I used to think it was about followers, but I know um, a few musicians who I'm friends with who, um, you know, you know, they don't, it's not that many. Um, I don't want to say what amount because there is no bad amount, um, but there's definitely a, a, a difference. <laughs> I sound like such a dick right now. It, this is what I didn't want, you know? If you can believe that, this is what I did not want is to sound um, like a douchebag. But anyway, it's not about numbers apparently. So, um, But this exactly this, this comparison is the Thief of Joy thing. You know, it's like I'm sitting here wondering, well, why does this band with X amount of followers have a blue badge and me with my followers don't, you know? And then writing messages to, you know, the two people I know with like really similar follower account being like, why don't you guys have it? Like, what's going on? You know, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I mean, what gets my gird on this whole thing is that Facebook owns Instagram and I have the blue check on Facebook on my music page. So why can't I just get it on Instagram? <laughs> you know, the thing is like, I'm uh, the reason I want it so bad is also because this struggle's gone on for years now, but I want it because I think having that sort of verification helps, um, you know, companies find legitimacy in you. I mean, they, they can check analytics. They can know that everything is um, organic growth and, and legitimate data and stuff like that. It's all good. I mean, I've gotten jobs already through my videos and that's been a lot of fun and um you know I've always been able to provide any information that they that they need to, and they can see it you can see it yourself like the growth is you know always like a wave so you can always tell if it's this consistent heavy amount of um reaction like comments or likes or something or whatever it can look kind of weird and 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 fake and now you know they can they can, you could just kind of see that. So I'm not too worried about um, companies thinking that the that I'm not legitimate. It's just seeing the badge is sort of like an instant thing where they're like, oh yeah, oh he's okay. You know, it's almost like you don't even have to look at the data if you got the blue badge. But I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how it works. And uh, I should probably just stop talking about it. <laughs> I can't believe I've, you know, done over 20 minutes on stupid old social media but yeah here we are Feierabend and doch pretty crazy um so it's Christmas time like I said this is one of those special episodes that comes between 
um, Christmas Day and New Year's. And there's a lot of things going on. We've, you know, seen a lot of different people, done a lot of, of different, you know, special events. Um, and I'm exhausted. You know what I mean? Like, you see so many different people and you have to be so present and, and so, like, open and chatty. And I don't know. It's not like I'm with people that aren't nice or that the stuff isn't fun. I'm also a little hungover um, finishing up this episode. So I might go into like a, a sensitive or a negative <laughs> uh, rant about anything at any point, really. But I mean, the, the, the situation is that, well, there is no situation, but it's Christmas time. So, you know, you're always doing stuff that, you know, is for family or for friends. And um, although that's always nice and, and, and the return is always really nice on that, I'm just burned out. Um, you know, and this is sort of like one of the key components of, of artsy fartsy immigrants is that I am an immigrant here and, um, it can be like the nicest celebration with the nicest people and the best food and the best wines, but it's still, you know, 95% uh, a language that, um, I struggle with. And it isn't even, I mean, and especially here in this part of Germany, it's not even, Hochdeutsch, it's not even high German, the, the, the German that you learn in school. It's even harder. It's a dialect that every word is different. You know, ich auch is like yo. And, um, you know, oya, like your, yours, like oya. We never even, like, I don't know, you all is kind of like that. And they say, like, aya. And it, I don't know, Aya is eggs. So I always hear that and I go like, who's driving eggs? Why would you drive eggs around? And it's like, no, no, I fought Aya, I fought Aya. I don't know, whatever. I'm not doing it right. And then, you know, like, um, what's like, um, it's like, sollten wir zu Hause gehen? Like, should we go home? It's like, Heimgong, which sounds like Mandarin to me. I think I talked about that. I talked about that on the last episode. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm gong. That sounds like, I don't know. Ni hao, I'm gong. It doesn't uh, resonate with me. And it's so hard to just hear it constantly. Um, like, for example, last night was a very nice event. Um, uh, like a big family dinner celebration thing that they try to do with a bunch of, um, you know, cousins and, 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 you know, it's just like not the grandparents, not the babies and kids and stuff, but just sort of that middle age of people who grew up together and, um, you know, the cousins all around that and stuff and some of their spouses uh, and partners and stuff. And it was, I don't know, maybe like 30 people or so. And, and, you know, again, great food, um, you know, um, our boy Daniel here, um, got a really nice grill as part of his, um, wedding gift. It's the only grill I've ever seen like that. It's, it's like an iron, it's like a cast iron skillet grill. It's an iron grill. So it has like a two, a giant tube shape, like a sort of Pringles tube, but enormous, like something I could stand inside of. And ingrained into the iron side where the you know the fire pit is in the middle and the tube goes up to a point where it flattens out and on that flattened a circular flattened part 
um, is where you cook the food. So there's like a fire in the middle of this tube and at the lips of the tube, uh, they sort of bend outward and make a circle and you put food on. I've never seen that before. And it's look, it looks kind of crazy. Um, I took a couple of videos of it, but it's funny because um, you have this raging fire in the middle and carved into it, like cut into the iron is uh, <laughs> Bob Dylan's face. It's also something I've never seen on a grill before, like a celebrity uh, songwriter um, silhouette. You know, it's like from a famous photo of him where half of his face is very silhouetted, dark. It's a very beautiful black and white photograph from the 60s. And it's ingrained into this iron grill. So behind, you know, like illuminated through the dots and pokes of this iron side artwork is the fire raging inside. And um, it's, a, it's a cool, pretty safe looking grill because you just put like wood inside the hole and the fire burns you know, it's burns to a high and then it simmers to a middle fire or whatever. I don't know how, I don't know how grills work. And then, um, the iron, I mean, it's uh, it, honestly, actually to me, it seems very unsafe because imagine if a kid just walks up and wants to grab a sausage off the platter, uh, the entire iron device is like boy, you know, not, well, not boiling hot, but like really on fire, you know, like a vol volcanically hot, uh, metal. So maybe it's not so safe, but anyway, um, they cooked this, um, Daniel cooked a bunch of, you know, traditional foods. So we had like a bunch of sausages. Um, there was like steaks to make steak sandwiches, which is my favorite sort of in the hand. Um, <laughs> that's very German of me to say like in the hand, like something to go to something you eat with like, like a burger, you know, that's like take it in the hand. Um, like steak sandwiches, so good, so good, probably, I had two, <laughs> I had two steak sandwiches, and I had, a, like, a sausage sandwich, I took this big, long, um, cooked sausage, and broke it in half, and then put it on between these two buns, and I ate a lot of food yesterday, so there's no problems there, great food, um, some, I put some onions on it, some mustard, it was delicious, and, uh, which we got judgment for, you know, I put a little mustard on the bread to get that steak semel, and he was like, really? Zemf on the steak semel? And I was like, yes. And I'll take onions too. Stop talking. <laughs> you know, it's like, just give me my food. Um, they had Glühwein, which is very traditional around this time of year in Germany. It's mold wine, which the word mold for me sounds very gross. It sounds like something you make in a prison toilet, but it isn't. It's actually really delicious. It's a, it's a very, it's served hot. So it's very toast, like toasty and cozy in your mug out there. You're standing outside with your jacket on, but you got a nice warm mug of mold wine that's like steaming out and you sip it like a tea and it's very sweet. And I had about seven servings of Glühwein, which is a lot. And I got pretty drunk between 4.35 and uh, I guess I left around like 9, um, which was great for me. Could have left a little earlier, but I just didn't have it in me. Um, so I, I'll just tell that, I'll just tell like this whole story. Um, basically got to got to the house around 4.30, immediately grabbed a beer because it's with a lot of German people, which makes me a little anxious, so I always start drinking. And then, you know, someone was even commenting like, oh, you're having a beer already? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. You know, also trying to enjoy the time of just, you know, me being there as, a, as an individual adult and not, you know, the other responsibilities of my life being in, in play. I was sort of free in a way, you know, so I was like, yeah, sure. 
And then uh, someone suggested, oh, you should take the Glühwein because uh, so-and-so here at the party makes their own wine and they provided the Glühwein, which, you you know, you make it in this pot with sugar. And I don't really know how you make it, but, you know, you put wine in a bowl and make it hot and it's good. And um, I started with, then I just moved on to that and then I just never left. But actually at the very, okay, yeah. So I had like seven servings of that. Anyway, then there, everyone shows up. He's cooked, you know, Daniel's cooking the food on the Bob Dylan grill. Uh, I, I kind of not get cornered, but I kind of got cornered by this guy um, who's extremely kind. Um, and, and, you know, I'm very thankful that we landed on the topic of movies because I can talk about movies, um, con- you know, forever. I never run out of an interest in the, subject of movies but um you know it was just it was somebody who was really eager to you know to to run run their english engine but they just didn't have the right parts you know they really they they're pulling that crank on that old english lawnmower but there's a couple of wires that have snapped over the years you know the the oil containers a little rusty it should probably go get a lot of maintenance but still someone's just yanking that cable like they're gonna get that grass cut today and it's gonna be a dull blade and it's just gonna be grinding pulling the grass out like hairs but yeah, this metaphor is going on and on, much like my conversation with this gentleman yesterday. I got stuck for about two hours, honestly, um, and I kept convincing him to like try and get food, just to try and take it, try and eat, because it would just like be breaks from the conversation for a second. Um, and he <laughs> he talked about um, he, this dude loves um, like '80s action, and not like Indiana Jones, but specifically he loves Rambo and Predator, which, hey, those movies have a place in cinema history for sure. Um, I'm not a huge Rambo fan, but I, I, I can watch it, and I understand why people like that sort of hyper-masculine action stuff. It's, it was a product of the time, and now it's kind of nostalgic to watch. Um, Predator, also hyper-masculine, crazy over-the-top um, uh, acting, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. So I, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I like, I like Schwarzenegger. I, I think that, sh- listen to me, Schwarzenegger. I like, I like sh- sh- Schwarzenegger. And I like um, a lot of his movies, actually, like Total Recall. We talked about Total Recall. But um, he just, I don't know. He, uh, what's the good way to put this? He just didn't have, it was just kind of like, difficult to have the conversation no matter what the topic because again so many parts of the lawnmower were missing so you're really like pushing it you're pushing that pushing the lawnmower with all your might try and cut that grass for two hours um and then i just drank and drank and drank and drank and drank and drank and ate and ate and ate and ate and ate and then finally, um, someone was like, let's go inside. Um, it's too cold or whatever. Everyone's had their food now. Let's go inside. I thought, oh, great. Now I'm going to be stuck. And I always do feel st- stuck when we get into an inside area, um, you know, because everybody's very social here. And if I was German or if I spoke fluent German, it might even be like amazing because everyone always sits all together at one big table um, but I just don't like that feeling. I like being outside where I could potentially wander a, away for a minute, you know, check my phone or something. But when you're at the table, you're just like eye to eye with people and you have to be ready to go and be 
eager to listen and perk up and like, oh, what was that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, 16 months, yeah, you know, or whatever. Um, and I sat down and then there was some potato chips put out and some some Christmas treats. Again, everything tasty. And then I started having like the first real conversation that I really genuinely enjoyed um, with this guy, Stefan. He's a really, really nice guy. Um, actually, I played some concerts with him um, in this group, the Hoylita Six, um, earlier this year, I guess in March, March of this year, we did that. That was so long ago. Played three shows with these old guys and he's, he's the bass, he's like the youngest of the old guys and he's the bass player. And, um, he, he's friends, he's like Ify's dad's cousin. So he's also related to the brother and Ify and everybody. So he's in the brother's band and the dad's band. And now they've morphed one of the dad's bands into a new group that added me and Tim Hecking. And so now all that's together. But we, anyway, so, you know, now we're at this table and the meal is uh, kind of over and it's now it's time to drink and chat, you know, and that normally would be so fun for me, but it's just, you know, dialect. It's the dialect, man. And when people do make an effort to speak um, like a little bit of Hochdeutsch or even a little bit of English with me. It's very nice and everything, but it's always fleeting. I have this thought of, well, I'd better get this, I'd better land this joke while they're listening because pretty soon, like any second now, there, someone's going to chime in with their own thought or rebuttal on this joke or topic in their dialect and then everyone's going to laugh at that and I won't know what they said. But I'm going to have to go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, genau, <laughs> stimmt, <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever agreeable junk I can come up with. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I muddled on a little bit there. We had a nice chat, but then, it, you know, of course, then it ended and then everyone, and then at some point, I was staring at this spot on the wall behind the guy that I was talking to. And I just, because I knew, I don't know, I didn't want to sit there really like with elbows on the table looking at TikTok on my phone. That's too obvious. And I get flack for doing that too much in general anyway, just like glancing at my phone. So I just kept it down and was like, well, don't be rude. But then I just like stared at this like spot on the wall, sipping this beer and was just sort of just like counting down, like when is it okay to ask that I can go? Which is sad, right? It's kind of a bummer because everyone was so nice and the food was good and I felt welcomed, of course. It wasn't anything like that, but it's just this dialect issue. And it's just a lot, you know? I've already been here with, you know, the family and the people and everything and the dialect making the effort. Um, I've got my own exhaustions, you know, where we are with the people that we see every day. And let alone now there's this big group and whatever. But thankfully, you know, it turned it turned to about nine o'clock and I leaned over and was like, hey. Um, well, actually, uh, Ify was apologizing to me um, like on, on the behalf of the situation. So she got it, you know. Sometimes she doesn't get it and sometimes she says like, make more effort. Okay, understandable. Sometimes it's not always perfect. And then other times she really gets it. She's having a blast. Everyone's laughing, slapping their knee, drinking, oh, another round, another round. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm just staring at the floor. Like, and, um, she understood it. And she, and I said, Hey, I think, I think I got to get out of here. And she's like, I totally understand. Um, which was cool. It was like instant. 
And then I just, um, I did what I love to do, which is like not spend 40 minutes saying goodbye to everybody and like getting these last jokes in. Um, I just like stood up, went to the other room, put on my jacket, my fanny pack, everything but my shoes because they were just outside the door. And I came back, just popped in the room, like full volume over everybody. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for the food. It was delicious. Have a great night. Viel Spaß. Have a lot of fun. And just kind of glanced at everybody's eyes for just like a nanosecond. like, And then, um, you know, Maria came over, gave me a hug. She's like, are you sure you're leaving? And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, don't worry. I had a lot of food. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of glutathione. Everything's cool. And then um, I just slipped out, sent a few friends a couple of funny, you know, a little funny voice message like, hey, I'm, I'm finally free. I'm going to go play some video games. And then, uh, you know, got back to the house where we're staying and slipped into the room and proceeded to play about two and a half hours worth of Resident Evil. Um, so, I, you know, it was a really nice evening from then. You know, I was like, I was pretty tipsy and I didn't want to be like painfully hungover today. So, you know, obviously I didn't keep drinking. I came here, just started drinking water, playing my game. And then um, a little before midnight or so, I fell asleep. And then I don't really know when Ify came back. I, ha- I haven't asked her today. We haven't really had time to talk yet. Um, but I will, um, I'll find out <laughs> pretty soon. Um, but you know, it's just, it was, it's nice and all, and I really love, um, you know, the gestures and the efforts made by people, but you know, at some point it's just like, I don't get, I just don't get what they're saying. So of course I get tired and, uh, burn out, you know, and we still have, um, <clears throat> what's today? The 28th, uh, we still have two more days. Um, there's a couple of things happening today, but I'm mostly, you know, just here chilling, working. And then um, tomorrow is a studio party for my friend Tim Hecking. He's hosting it. I think everybody probably knows him by now who listens to this show because I've talked about him so much. Obviously, good friend of mine, but the uh, the producer of uh, and the engineer and stuff of, um, you know, all my recordings since I've moved to Germany. So the Deer Jump, the Parade EP... Uh, 12 songs for 12 friends and simple swimmer he's like the main partner my partner in crime on everything musical here um and he's having a party for like a christmas studio party so um i'm hoping that our good friend mo bat will be there but we have to see he says he might have to work and i told him hey how about don't work just don't do that and and instead come party with me at the studio it'd be a lot of fun I'm going to surprise Tim and make some um, whiskey sours there because I, I remembered the um, the ingredient list and the the, the, the order. And uh, a couple of weekends ago, or I guess towards the beginning of the month, no, it was like two weekends ago, I think now, that we went on a nice uh, trip with a few friends and uh, made a lot of whiskey sours and it was the bomb. It was the bomb. <laughs> It's so funny. I've been, uh, I've re-entered into two people's, I've entered, I, I'm in two people's lives who have re-entered into the world of drinking. And I've been there for the first drink of both. It's so much fun. Um, my friend Moritz, who um, I've talked about a lot on the show, um, he took a long break. And then together we had a whiskey sour and uh, I got I got him real nice and drunk. And it was a lot, a lot of fun. We both suffered the next day, but it was really fun. And then the same uh, on Christmas, Daniel, who cooked the food, um, he stopped for like six weeks or eight weeks or something. 
I'm not sure why, just a preference. I think he had a bad hangover and then he just like drew a line. Um, and then he said he would drink again on Christmas. So uh, I got to hand him his first beer. And then it was like, oh, let's have beer. Then he had white wine. Then he had red wine. Then he had schnapps. And thankfully it didn't go on super, super late. Christmas is always very like calm, quiet, cozy. I, I find it's always more fun at the dinner table than it is when you get to the presents on the sofa. Because you know, everybody now is 30 and up. And when you had a few drinks and people cooked and prepared all day and the energy was really high, then when you finally get to the gift opening, you're sitting on the sofa and your body is winding down and, you know, you're watching someone open their gift. So you're chilling, you know, you're really sinking into your seat. And honestly, within about 20 minutes, everybody was just like, whoa just you know down like and um we went to bed you know it was was not a late night at all um but everything was otherwise you know it's all very nice i think i just had to sort of explain the situation but you know it's not the first time i've talked about things like that it is difficult with dialect but again i can only compliment the people and the food and the you know and there's nobody's fault about any of this but my own that's really the truth about it it's like i've talked about before where i said that um I feel sad that more friends don't um, visit or or make an effort to call me here. That's my fault too. So it's kind of like either I step it up and really just become fluent in this language and then sort of demand that people don't speak dialect around me, which I could probably convince them to do. I mean, they already speak like pieces of English. They would even they wouldn't even have to do that. They could speak their own language, but just not like it's been dipped in mud, um, then I might understand it. Um, I could do that, but you know, it's my fault that I, I struggle with it. And that's my challenge. And that's the whole reason why I even have this podcast is to vent those, um, vent those demons out and work through these things and, and try and become so try and self-reflect on all that. What a funny episode this has been. I spent like the first 25 minutes talking about my Instagram channel. Blah. And now I've spent the last 25 minutes or whatever talking about um, the, the struggles of, you know, being with a group of Germans at Christmas. Um, but other than that, other than that, I do love Christmas time. We watched a lot of nice Christmas movies. Um, very grateful to have the extra spare time that we tend to have here. Um, it does come, it does come with, um, um, what do you call it? What do you call it when you, you make a deal, but it comes with like terms? Um, it comes with, um, man, it comes with, I hate that I'm forgetting like good, juicy English. It, I mean, terms works there, but it comes with, um, like it comes with, oh, forget it. Oh man, the, the help, the extra help, uh, uh and free time around here comes with, um, yeah, terms, or it comes with, um, maybe you're screaming the word at me right now, but it, it comes with something that is a bargain on the other person's side. So like, you, you know, the, it comes with guilt, it comes with stress, it comes with pressure, but, uh, in the end you still get that time. So 
that's that's all I'm happy for. I'll take it. Uh, gonna be back in Munich in a in a couple of days. Um, gonna be working on that new house the first week of January. Um, gonna be finishing up some music for the new season of uh, RTL Plus's hit sitcom Wrong. And then let's see what happens with all this uh, social media stuff. Let's see where it takes us. Let's see what kind of year it's going to be. Um, I might be doing uh, some new... I might... I didn't really talk about this yet, but I'll keep this short. I, I might be doing some new performances uh, with a very popular um, stand-up uh, artist. I mean, it's really what you can call him. He's a comedian. But he does, like, really political stuff. It's a really specific. Um, I can't... I mean, I've posted a picture of us together, so if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen it. But uh, when things are more locked in, as, you know, we're going to talk in in January about everything. Um, but it might be that this a successful comedian um, who often tours with a musician who plays, you know, songs to assist some of the jokes um, might want me, which, um, you know, would be pretty amazing because it's a lot of, um, yeah, you know, this person has a lot of fans. It's very successful. Um, the, the shows make good money and, um, it would also be good for my image. I think I haven't heard anything about, um, any other things like, you know, the potential of like maybe being a part of, um, you know, this, this great movie, you know, or the other things. When I know anything, I will definitely, um, tell you guys here if I'm allowed to, or I'll do it like this where I kind of hint around, you know, like if you know, then you know. And if you don't know, then just wait a little longer and I'll get that to you when things are confirmed. Because I also don't want to get my own hopes up and then it doesn't work out. And then it's like, well, I talked about it on the podcast. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, you guys are beautiful. And hey, look, if you felt anything good about this, if you connected with anything here or you just enjoyed having this on in the background while you're driving or, you know, cooking or cleaning or, or even mowing the lawn, which would be even better. Um, probably not now in December, but you know, if you're sitting out there on your broken lawnmower and you just enjoyed listening to this show, please make sure to just share it, you know, just share the link of this episode with someone who might enjoy it. Or if you, um, you know, subscribe to the show, if you, um, share any of the social media links that's in the show notes or going to wherever you listen to this podcast, if it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, wherever, and, you know, giving it a rating, a review, or a comment, it really helps that algorithm. Trust me, now I really know algorithms. Uh, it really helps it, like, circulate that this content that we enjoy back to people like you who might also enjoy it. So it's just building that artsy-fartsy family. Um, thank you. I hope you do that. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I will be back in 2023. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.